Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. LMFM Sunday Sport. Your sport, your station. Now, earlier this week, we learned of the sad passing of Alan McLaughlin. The former Republic of Ireland International had been battling an illness for a long time and sadly lost that fight on Tuesday. He won 42 caps for Ireland and is, of course, best remembered for that goal at Windsor Park in 1993, which secured his side's qualification for the 94 World Cup. It's an occasion which holds a special place in the hearts of Irish football fans. But what was it like for the Northern Irish players that night? One man who was on the field that evening is Dundalk's sporting director, Jim Magilton, and he joins me on the line now. Jim, how are you? Good, David. I'm very well. How are you? Not too bad. A belated happy birthday to you as well. Yeah, let's not talk too much about that. <laughs> um, I suppose, as I said there, that, that game is one that's remembered very fondly down in the in the Republic of Ireland. For yourselves, you know, qualification was gone for Northern Ireland at that point, but it was Billy Bingham's last game, so it was still a, a big night for you. How, how well do you remember that evening? Uh, yeah, vividly. You know, there was, there was lots of emotion around the game, and... Uh, there was lots of other bits and pieces that were going on on this island at the time as well. So there was, going into that, there was, you know, uh, I, I realised the enormity of the game. Of course you realise the enormity of the game. There was so much at stake. And because lots of the, the players knew each other, it was a very difficult game. It was a difficult game uh, because, because I say there, there was so much riding on it and the inside knowledge of both teams and, and Billy and Jack and, you know, um, there was all sorts of shenanigans before that. And listen, it was, it was really, it was really, you know, really boiled down to the 90 minutes and, and, you know, the goal that Jim Quinn scored, it's forgotten on that night. Jim Quinn scored an incredible yeah, volley. I was going to say that to you, an absolutely brilliant yeah. goal. Yeah. And then obviously Alan, you know, fantastic strike from the edge of box, probably my fault. Uh, but yeah, it was such a sad loss. He was such a lovely man. Do you know, and I had the opportunity to play against him many, on many occasions. And you know, when I heard it was a jolt, and their memories come flooding back to you, and especially that memory, it was his, his facials after it. You know, the score goal that ultimately took Ireland to the World Cup was, mm. you know, fantastic for him. Yeah, and you say you think it was your fault. Were you were you nearby? I was trying to watch the the replay of it back, but the the, the, the footage was a small bit grainy, so it was hard to see who was where. Were you the nearest one to him? <laughs> That far back, yeah, you're right. It was that far back. I know it was acting tongue in cheek, but I'll take Alex's responsibility. There's no problem, David. Alex's responsibility for that. I don't think we can pin that one on you. In fairness, uh, the, the, the the header it was a Jerry Taggart's header. Uh, probably probably heading it straight back down the middle of the pitch wasn't the best plan from from Jerry. But uh, yeah, um, he's big enough and ugly enough. He can handle it. Yeah, I won't I won't be saying it to his face anytime soon. But <laughs> but you mentioned that goal from from Jimmy Quinn and. 
I mean, it was a, it was that was a fantastic goal. It was it was a ball yeah. played in. It was chested down by Ian Dowie. I think it was a little a little tee up for Jimmy Quinn, and he hits it kind of in mid air into the top corner. It was a, yeah. a peach of a goal, and it does yeah, get forgotten. You're right. I suppose for for obvious reasons, but it was still a hell of a strike. Yeah, it was absolutely, and Quinny will always remind you of that probably scored the best goal that's ever been seen at Windsor Park. So, uh, yeah, and it was again that kind of night. You know, the game was well, well, I wouldn't say well matched in terms of you know maybe levels, but certainly the tension, the nervousness, you know, the, the high stakes. Mm. You know, standing in the tunnel. You know, I remember Ray and and, and Steve Staunton and. You know, obviously, I had, I had my own worries. You know, I had Staunton, Keane, Townsend, and Ray Houghton to compete with. Yeah. And you're going, oh, my goodness, this could be a, a really long night. But, again, it wasn't It wasn't the most technical game. But, uh, but yeah, it was a great game. I have to say, it was a great game to play. It's a great game to look back on. It wasn't such a great, you know, build up the game in terms of, like, you knew the opposition, you knew the quality of the opposition, mm-hmm. and you knew, again, what was at stake. And, you know, I suppose it's it's easy. We, we read the Irish players taking it and they were going into the Lions then, so to speak, and you mentioned all the all the various off-field stuff that was going on at that yeah. time. It's a very different situation now, thankfully. But yeah. for you, you know, you're used to playing at Windsor Park. Did it feel like a different atmosphere that night for you? Did you feel like it was it was more intimidating than it normally would be? Yeah, it was. You know, you can't get away from that. It definitely was. The noise was deafening, you know. And it, it's not... I have to say, you know, in all my years of playing there, it was probably the, the most noise I'd heard there. And, and you know, it can, if you would allow it to in, intimidate you. And it could have easily. But given the experience on both sides, I don't think that was an issue, you know, because when you're, and, and I mean this, when you're in the middle of a game, you're, you don't, you have to drown out the noise. Mm. Of course, you're, you're aware of you make a mistake. Of course, you're aware of the score goal. But, but, I'm only coming from my own experience. My focus was on the game. It was on the tactical approach to the game. It was on everything from set pieces. It was obviously acknowledgement and respect for the opposition and especially for the two midfield guys that largely I would be playing against. So all this, you know, when you're in the game, like my parents were in the game, my family was there, friends were there. But that get that gets lost and you know, you're so focused. You know, you focus when you see people's faces before the game. The majority of them are etched in concentration. Most of them are thinking about who they're going to pick up from the first set piece, or you know, what are they going to do when the ball lands at their feet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I, I use that now. Even you'll get the pictures in your mind before you go out. So, uh, so all that was building up, and and in all fairness, you know that that was really what was going through my mind on the night. You mentioned Alan there, and of course that's the reason we're, we're having this conversation yeah. primarily. You were both at Southampton at different times, but was he a player that yeah. you, you came up against much in your career? Yeah, he was at Swindon, then he went to Portsmouth, and Alan McLaughlin was one of those midfield players that really annoyed me, simply because he he he, he had the ability to score a goal. Mm. You know, he had that incredible ability. The moment you looked at the ball, he drifted off the back of you. And he was constantly making runs in the box. But for someone like me, that annoyed me because I just wanted the ball. And I didn't particularly like defending, if I'm honest. So, uh, and it was really in my contract. Mm. So, <laughs> for someone like Alan McLaughlin, he would have been a pest for me. And he, and, he, and he had a great work ethic. And also a great sportsman. You know, we would always have conversations, even though I wasn't a great sportsman. And, and largely, I would want to kill you for 90 minutes and then obviously buy you a pint afterwards. Yeah. But 
during that course of the game, he he always showed a great class and dignity, you know, and I always respected him for that. But he'd also make a goal, and that also most nine times out of ten when they were played against each other. He'd largely run off the back of me and score a goal, which irritated me even more. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, sad loss for sure, Adam McLaughlin, and it's yeah. great to hear those memories. Before we let you go, Jim, um, yeah. you're back on the touchline for Dundalk in the last few weeks. I know it's not the, the situation you probably envisaged when you joined the club first, but have you been? I know, I know the results have been have been tough for you, but have you been enjoying being back in, in the kind of management role? I, I, you know, Mark, you enjoy everything, probably up to the game, or probably up to the result. You know, you enjoy, I've enjoyed the day-to-day workings with the players. I hadn't any, David, I hadn't any real dealings with the players. You know, Philippe and Giuseppe and the staff were, mm. because of all the other aspects of being a sporting director, which is still very new to me. But, uh, yeah, you know, I enjoy the day-to-day banter with players. I've always loved that. And I've enjoyed working technically on the, on the team. You know, last five results, you know, you win two, you, lo- you draw two, and then you lose one the other night. You lose one the other night when you're 11 v 10. It's very frustrating. And it's it's one of them. You can't wait to get back onto the park to, mm-hmm. you know, to right those wrongs. And that's the great thing about the game. You know, with another game now, a really tough game away at Finn Harp. So, you know, the responsibility rests with myself and the players to try and get a result. And in terms of the hunt for a new manager, I mean, the... the I suppose confusion is maybe the best word that arose over Shane and Filippo's roles towards the end of their time. Is one of the top priorities when you're looking through CB someone that has their, all their coaching badges to avoid that sort of situation cropping up again? Yeah, David, one hundred percent. And that, you know, at, at the end of the day, a decision was made to bring Filippo into the into the club. That's not Filippo's fault. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Or anybody, you know, they felt that the Filippo was the man to take club forward. And in all due respect, he gets into a league, a Europa League stage. He wins a cup. Then he doesn't get off to a great start, and Shane was exactly the same. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you know, we we have to make sure that we tick all the boxes now. And I have worked very, very closely. Nala Reagan, uh, the head of coach education at the FAI, has been a great source of help for me. And also, you know, we work very closely with UEFA. You know, if you get if you get paying fifty grand then yeah. to do it twice would be really poor management. So we're not going to do it twice. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, in the in the situation that the two lads are in, I mean, Shane Keegan spoke during the week on, on News Talk. You may have heard it that I suppose the tipping point came for him when he had to basically say, yes, I'm picking the team, even though that wasn't necessarily the case. Was that situation something that could have been handled a little bit differently or a little bit better? Or was it just the nature of things? There was no other option but to do that. Is that what you felt? No, I felt that Shane Keegan not spent time and money to get to a level of pro license coach. Mm. And that takes a lot a long, long time to get yourself in that position. So Shane was worthy of being a first team manager at any football club because he, he's earned he's earned the right to do that and he's come through his coaching badges. So the op, the 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 opportunity arose to put a coaching structure that met UEFA needs and criteria as well as the FAI needs and criteria. So we would, were more than happy to follow that. Again it well, in my experience, again, when we sit down and discuss training and we discuss the week, we pick a team. It's a group discussion. Ultimately, one person will do that. But it's definitely a group discussion. I don't think I've had one day where we haven't discussed the team or players or mood swings. It's incredible. Like That's the other thing that I've noticed the moment you come back. You talk more about them. You talk about your life and your family and you know, you're, what's wrong with him today? What's wrong with him? Or, you know, it's, it's, he didn't train well today. So all that happens, it still happens. It happens in any football club around the globe. 
if you're winning games, it's easy. If you're not, and you're going through a difficult spell, then you know there's a lot of lot more probably conversations around the shape of the team, players in the team. But I, they, those conversations will certainly happen at the end of the day. Um, once you pick a team, you have to stand over it, and then you have to stand over it again to, to answer questions. Yeah, that's fair enough. I suppose. Um, I guess his point was maybe that he felt like he was he was put in a in a situation where he was being called the manager, but he he didn't. He felt like a bit of a fraud. I, I guess was his. That was exactly how he put it. I don't know if you heard the interview yourself or not, but that's that's kind of how he I, he reflected on it. Well, if that's his opinion, and 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 I always find him an honest man, then that's his opinion. Finally, then Jim, are you close to appointing somebody? Do you, do you know when we could expect to see a new manager in place? No, we're not. We're not. Close. We're we're very diligent, and we are going through this process. I think this is a major decision for the football club. So we're trying to get the right one, and uh, and at the minute you're going to have to make do with me <laughs> and and our coaching team, and hopefully we can one make the right appointment, and two try and get a result next week. And just very quickly and very finally, does the does the candidate have to come from? You know, within these shores, or are you looking worldwide essentially? Because we know Filippo was a bolt from the blue, but you know, yeah. does do you have any sort of uh, view on, on the sort of culture that the manager has to come from? No, I think it's just the right candidate. It's the right, it's the right person, right fit, right time for the club. Okay, well, look, we'll keep a close eye, and in the meantime, I suppose you'll have to face plenty more questions like these. But it's no bother to you, I'm sure. No, no problem, David. Not a problem at all. Thanks very much, Jim. Thanks for taking the call. No problem, David. All the best. LMFM Sunday Sport. Your sport, your station. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 